Welcome to What She Said. My name is Candace Sampson, and when I first took over What She Said in January 2020, I jokingly asked in the intro, what could possibly go wrong? And then 2020 said, let me show you. My life has been a country song ever since, but then again, so is everyone else's right now. Thankfully, through this podcast, I get to meet the most amazing women in Canada and around the globe and share their stories with you. What She Said is here to talk about anything and everything under the sun as interpreted by and through the perspective of women. Because honestly, we've heard what he said for long enough. If you like what you hear, be sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. Today's show is coming right up. If we're really being honest with ourselves, we have to admit that many of us have got caught up in the poor me loop of living through a major pandemic and all the negative effects it's had on our life. You can certainly color me guilty as charged, but when I have those moments, I look for two things. One, perspective or contrast, and two, uplifting stories, which is why I reached out to my next guest to join me, because both of those things are achieved every single time I check in on them. Kyla Thompson is the mom of Bella, and their account on TikTok has grown to over 1.9 million followers as of this air date, and it just keeps growing. Listen to Kyla as she shares Bella's story of over 800 nights in the hospital before she was seven, her wait for a bowel transplant, the weight of COVID, how Bella is dealing with TikTok stardom, but most of all, listen for the love, the hope, and the determination in this story, and then ask yourself, if Bella can do it, why can't you? Kyla, I am so thrilled that you are joining me today. I can't tell you how delightful uh, Bella is. And um, I just thank you. Thank you for taking the time because I know your day must be insanely busy. Yes, it is very busy. Um, I'm juggling from the moment we wake up. I need to juggle Bella's IV lines with her ostomy needs, all of her medical medications, um, injections, uh, around my two-year-old son, Waylon and my husband who goes to work. Um, and then on top of that, her schoolwork that I try to manage all the day given to me from her, her online teacher, um, catching up with emails and everything else that is my personal life, friends, family. It's a busy day. (laughs) I bet. So let's, Let's set this up then for people who are listening and don't know about Bella's backstory. So maybe you could explain then uh, Bella's um, medical history, really. Yeah. Yeah. So when she was born, um, she was born with uh, three rare diagnoses that we had no idea when um, before her birth. And so after it was when it was discovered and it kept us in hospital from the day she was born until she was two. And we went from our provincial hospital here in Saskatchewan to Calgary's hospital. And now Bella's also seen by sick kids in Toronto. And uh, her three rare diagnoses are a bowel disease that is called Hirschsprung's disease. And the complications and surgeries that have stemmed from that have ultimately led to her bowel failure. And she is now listed for a bowel transplant. Uh, the other rare diagnosis she was born with was skid severe combined immune deficiency, 
And that meant she had no immune system when she was born. And we didn't know about that. And we didn't realize that until she was about 11 months old. And then her other rare diagnosis was cartilage hair hypoplasia, which is a form of dwarfism that comes with uh, some bone structure issues. Um, like right now, she's uh, doesn't have full use of her right hand and wrist. And so she has her plastic surgeons um, going to do a surgery for that soon as well. So I watched a video uh, the other day on TikTok, I believe, that said you were uh, in Ronald McDonald House for two years when Bella was born. That must have been very isolating to be um, alone with a baby and not able to come home. What was that like for you? It was very isolating and very scary. Lots of unknowns. Um, For the first six months, we were actually staying in I was in hospital by her side in our provincial hospital in Saskatoon and then um, when they needed support figuring out how to help her after about eight months in hospital we were then um, flown air ambulance to Calgary Alberta Children's Hospital so then I was either bedside with Bella there or at the Royal McDonald House and the first year in hospital was very hard I didn't I was basically at her bedside 16 hours to 20 hours a day trying to understand why basically they they couldn't fix her. We couldn't go home. She wasn't getting better after every surgery that we thought would help. And that was a lot to do with her bowels before we realized she had no immune system. So that was the first year. At 11 months old, um, we're still in hospital, of course. They're trying to figure out her bowels, and she gets a lung infection, and it's not going away. And then we discover a lymph node. I discovered a lymph node in her armpit, and they biopsied it and discovered she had skid. Well, that meant, okay, the fix for that is a bone marrow transplant. So that's when our second year in hospital began because they had said, okay, now we need to put you in strict isolation, wait for a donor because my husband and I were not a match and then prepare for the bone marrow transplant, hope that it works and continue to remain in isolation until she's her immune system is safe enough to let her out in public. So I'm listening to this and I mean, I, I watch your videos on TikTok. I follow you on Instagram and, um, What I see is this very happy, joyful, you put forward this very happy uh, front. And I don't want to say front because I I feel this comes from within. It's it's joyful and you share great things, but that's the highlight reel. What you're describing here is very painful. How did you, how, where did you find the strength to come through this um, like you have? I, I know I have a lot of strength from God and my family and my friends. And I, that's, those are my three rocks. Um, I'm very fortunate to have a big family. My husband has a big family that have always been by our side. Um, the first year and well, basically from 2014 until 2019, I wrote a blog And that was really my way of getting out and sharing the real hard parts, the painful parts. The very first year I couldn't, I wasn't on social media a lot. I didn't have energy to barely stand. Um, I would hold Bella for 
all day as much as I could back and forth from the NICU for the first couple months. And so the first year, the real pain, no one really got to see that until I started blogging the second year in hospital. And that was a good outlet for me. Um, not knowing that this medical journey was going to last as long as it has. So how has the pandemic affected all of this now? It's kind of funny. Um, when it started, so Bella had her bone marrow transplant in 2015 and we started living in isolation, um, December, 2014. And we were in isolation over 200 days. So that meant nobody could enter her room without a mask, gloves, gown, booties, only myself and my husband were allowed. And, and that continued until she was safe enough to go to the Ronald house. And then we did isolation in the Ronald house. And she wasn't allowed to see friends, any other family, no, nothing. And, you know, when COVID hit in 2020, I was just like, this is our life. This is what we're used to. I have (laughs) a box of masks and gloves. Like I, I was like, oh, okay. So we're suiting up again, basically was my attitude. Like, okay, we're going to suit up again. We're going to keep Bella safe. We know what to do. And it was easier for me because I'm used to that life. And I, I felt bad when I saw the fear in other people that completely didn't understand what that meant. And I was just happy and blessed that I knew what it really meant. I knew how to be safe. And I just was kind of calm about it. I guess you were almost in training. You were almost in training for this, right? For the last seven years. So you live though, you're sort of isolated. I saw, I saw uh, you and Bella chasing two boats down a stream out in a field. Um, So um, is that isolation? Has that been good as well then in this pandemic being sort of far from the crowds? It's been a huge blessing. I mean, I, I feel for the people that live in apartments, you know, um, in the city, that must be really hard. We are fortunate enough to have uh, acreage. My husband and I own and run a tree farm called Swift Tree Center. And so we have 10, 11 acres of coolie land and grassland and um, space for large trees. So, so it's, you, you have yeah. uh, incredible coping skills. Um, that you know you share what how does Bella cope with all of this what is her understanding of all of this you know it's almost like she's trained me for coping this is all she's known from day one she woke up in a hospital when she I mean she was born in a hospital woke up in a NICU for the first two months of her life with nurses and doctors 20 different medical professionals a day and lived that straight for two years she's definitely trained me how to cope. This is all she knows. And she's gotten to see what home is like and go back again for another long term stay in hospital. And she, it's no problem to her. She, she sees the good in everything, no matter how much pain she's been through. I, 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 I see that in her and I think, okay, she's going to make it through the next round. When we got to go back to hospital, she, I know she can see the good. And that made me feel really good and and take some lessons from her. I was quite nervous having her grow up in hospital thinking, you know, hoping that that fear and of procedures and surgeries doesn't stay with her. So I almost kind of went overboard with 
this is a good part of this real bad scenario. Let's focus on that. And um, I just tried to remain hopeful through it all. Um, just so that she, I didn't ever want her to feel fear or feel scared. Well, it certainly comes across in everything that you share online. She's just, she's absolutely delightful. Uh, I want to talk about her little brother for, uh, for a minute. So how does that work for you? Because you, you know, Bella, she's, I, you, I read that she's on on IV for 17 hours a day. Uh, She's uh, you're waiting for a, a bowel transplant. Um, and, and and then you have this two and a half year old. I mean, how are you managing that? Yeah. And I, I mean, she's been on IV since Waylon was born too. And, uh, Bella's always been a different cat. I mean, even when she was two and three on IVs or had a, you know, two feeds to her stomach, she never pulled, she understood how precious these IVs are and she never pulled them out or or was dangerous with them. And I raised myself for my son because I thought, well, he's not going to know. <laughs> um, and it's kind of funny. So now that Bella, you know, she she's old enough. And when he was born, of course, we would train him not to touch them. But there has been a couple times where she'll have her IV backpack and her line is out. And he'll think it's funny to grab her backpack and start running. And <laughs> one day, oh, the one day he grabs her backpack and he thinks it's hilarious and he starts taking it and running with it. And Bella just gets up. She's like, I didn't even notice. She's just like, mom, I gotta go. <laughs> she gets up and starts running after her brother, holding her back. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so she knew just what to do, how to handle it. No problem. That's um, amazing. But of course we watch out for those situations. <laughs> Let's talk about then what brought us to this point then you were on this podcast because it's TikTok. And you yeah. you are now at I, you're having sorry crazy growth. Last time I looked one and a half million. Where yeah. are we today? Yeah. Is, it, is that correct? Um I think I'm at 1.6. Let me double check here. Yeah, 1.6 million followers. That that is insane. Yeah. That is insane. Like that's that is so many um followers. So how how did you deal with like when was, when did you realize that this account was just sort of gaining momentum? It was really overnight, but it was only two days after I started the account. Wow. I, I started it like January 26th and the video I posted on the 28th went viral overnight. And my husband and I talked about it and he, him and I both decided, okay, it's like, obviously people, you know, they're, they notice her joy. They notice that she's a light. That's, let's keep inspiring. Let's keep the joyful side of things going with this. TikTok is a great way to share. And um, we, we got in contact with um, the, the higher ups in Toronto for TikTok Canada and asked them some questions, you know, um, where can I go with this essentially in Canada using TikTok? And it's kind of grown from there. And have you found a community through TikTok that that helps you through this or or, or are you helping others who who maybe perhaps um, have you found others who are dealing with the same uh, diagnoses? That I mostly connected with other medical moms and communities, mostly through Facebook and Instagram is where 
I get a lot of support that way, or I try to give support that way. Um, TikTok is more, I, I completely agree when people say it's the last funny corner of the internet. I mean, I, I had TikTok for months before I made an account just because I thought the videos were hilarious and they made me laugh. And I thought, well, I could never start an account. I'm not that funny. <laughs> so when, so when I started the account, it was like, let's just show people what we do. Bella and I, our average day. I mean, we have so much going on just in this little house in our acreage every day. And that's really how I started. And now, and, uh, now it's more about just keeping that joy going, having fun with it and sharing. There's a, there is a dark side to TikTok. I've, I've heard now, have you come up against any of that? Um, not, I wouldn't say dark. I, I, I've seen a couple people make some random comments, um, you know, just really random comments about the way people look or the way Bella looks. And I just delete and carry on. I'm like, okay, these people are not like kind humans. They're not worth, you know, my time. I'll just delete and carry on. Um, but 99% of the time, it's just people telling me like, Bella makes their day. She makes them smile. Thank you for sharing. Um, yeah. And that's, that's good. So you recently caught the attention of uh, a star, Halsey. Yes, that was very exciting. Halsey uh, privately messaged me on Instagram, just telling me that she noticed Bella, her viral video on TikTok, the one of her drawing. And she told me she, before she knew it, she was just scrolling and scrolling through videos and pictures of Bella and fell in love with her and her love for art and music. And she's just like, is it okay if I send her a care package? And I just thought, wow, how kind of her to notice Bella for that and then want to be so generous with it. But you have to know that this is what is uh, this is what everybody's drawn to is this absolute joy that that Bella exudes. She's just uh, like I said, I use her as a pick me up now. I, I I mean, I don't she probably doesn't know this, but like if I'm feeling <laughs> a little down, I go to TikTok and look for Bella's videos. What's Bella doing? You know, that's um, awesome. That's, that's exactly what we want. <laughs> she's so sweet. She's just so sweet. And so I hope people are listening to this who they they've not. And if they're not on TikTok, this is the reason they go get on TikTok because uh, she's just absolutely a pleasure. So as far as her medical journey goes, what's next though? Um, she is, you're, she, there's, she's up for a trans, a bowel transplant, correct? Yeah. So it's, um, she got listed July last year, 2020. And um, after we had gone to sick kids, then they had confirmed and did an assessment. And from then it's been a different, a different life. Prior to that, we were like, okay, these are the diseases she has. We're going to manage them. Then it got to the point where her central line. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Bella's here. <laughs> he says, oh, and hi. Okay, you go to dad's. I'm going to talk. I, I feel like I'm in the presence of greatness that that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> she's so just sweet. singing and dancing in the living room <laughs> I love it I love it 
So, so sorry. sorry. So back to where, yeah. where what, uh, she's, she's on the list uh, for a Beltran yeah. since last July. Yeah. And um, the way we live with that has really changed. It, it's, I don't want to say it's hard to live with, but it's a different mindset. Um, her bowels don't process food and drink properly. She needs her IV Broviac, IV uh, nutrition for to grow. She needs it for hydration um, or otherwise her bowels would completely dehydrate her very quickly. And she can't get um, peripheral IVs like you and I, like in our, in our skin. Um, her veins are very short and crooked and barely there due to her dwarfism. And so this Broviac is her lifeline because of her 21 previous surgeries and complications prior, all of her vesicular access, so her veins for, to make these Broviacs are gone. This is her last one that's left and you need to have one to have a bowel transplant. So we're kind of in a race against time praying that this access never fails and that her bowel transplant comes before that. Um, and, and just, you know, praying and hoping that that bowel transplant happens soon and, and that it's successful. So it's kind of hard to, you, you, I just live with hope, right? I hope that her line lasts. She gets the bowel transplant and it's successful. And I try not to let my mind go in the opposite direction of all the what ifs. Um, Cause it's really hard to think about. Yeah. I, I can't imagine yeah. what that must be like. So just quickly, because I think that we probably have American listeners, uh, you know, podcasts don't have borders, uh, but you know, we're in Canada. So a lot of your medical expenses would be covered. But what, yeah, yeah. what has, has there been a great expense, a personal expense that you've had to, uh, because of this, that, you know, maybe we're not thinking of as Canadians that would, that, you know, you out of pocket. There still is. Yeah. There is some, um, in terms of her ostomy supplies, um, she has an ileostomy and she's going to need that. Um, she's had it since she was born and it's been revised and back, but um, those costs are not covered unless, you know, if you have good insurance, I've had to give up my job of teaching. I can't work right now because of Bella's medical needs at home and COVID because she's immune compromised. Um, so for me to not be able to work, you know, we're going off of one parent income for everything. Um, I go, to the <laughs> I go to the hospital with my kids and, you know, I, I gripe about the cost of parking. <laughs> so so I, can't, I can't imagine all of those extra costs in, uh, that, that must accumulate. Yes. Yeah. Hi, Hi Bella. How are you? Hi, Candace. How are you today? Where do you live? I am in Ottawa. Ottawa? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that I, I watch I watch all your TikTok videos? Uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a huge fan. I, I can't believe it. Man. It's true. It's true. I am I'm totally fangirling over here. 
Oh, <laughs> we're chatting about stuff like your medical stuff and our hospital well, stays. I need okay, you're gonna write. Okay, okay. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. So listen, if people okay. want to, do you have any charities uh, that you would recommend uh, to people that they can help out with? And and more importantly, I don't think we've mentioned the TikTok account. So where can people follow you? Oh yes, so our TikTok is at Kyla CT. And my Instagram is Kyla CT as well. And our Facebook page is Isabella's Mustard Seed. Um, that's really where I, uh, most of it has started. And my blog is bellabravesmustardseed.blogspot.com. Okay. Um, so those are all my main social media. Um, I really hope people can support their local children's hospitals, especially sick kids and Alberta Children's and Jim Patterson's in Saskatchewan, the Ronald McDonald houses make a wish. And um, what I really like to advocate for is for people to be a registered donor, you know, do the cheek swab for uh, stem cells, which has saved Bella's life and registered donors um, will be the ones to save um um, help her with her bowel transplant, um, giving blood and plasma where you can plasma is needed for Bella's monthly IVIGs, which is essentially, um, her immune system for the month. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of ways we can help. Yeah. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, it's a delight. Bella, thank you so much for jumping into the interview. I really appreciate your time, honey. You say? Thank you, Candice. Thank you, Ronnie. Or you're welcome, Candice. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> oh, we're, we're, yeah, we're, uh, yeah. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> your mommy. Yeah, you go ahead. You have your notebook in there. <laughs> um, thank you, Candice, for this interview. Thank you. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, 4Kids Flashback. 4Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.